Wolfgang Schmidt has a demanding job. As provost in Jerusalem, he's the German Lutheran Church's envoy to the Holy Land. It's a delicate balancing act. This is a special place. We are located in the middle of Jerusalem. And that's how we view ourselves as a community. We want to connect people, to be a meeting place and a vehicle of understanding across borders. That's a tall order, but it starts in small ways. Simply welcoming people without worrying about church membership or what people believe. his headquarters at the Lutheran Church of the Redeemer, right in Jerusalem's old city. Guten Tag. Wollen Sie zum Mittagsandacht kommen? English. Ah, okay. So we have in, in German, we have a prayer time now. Yeah. Everybody is welcome to attend the midday prayer service. Sometimes the congregation is large, at other times there are just a handful of people. It's a German-speaking parish. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2. This is what Isaiah, the son of Amos, prophesied concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. The Church of the Redeemer was built on the foundations of a crusader sanctuary at the end of the 19th century. The German Emperor Wilhelm II and his consort Augusta Victoria presided at the dedication ceremony. The Provost leads us through the narrow alleys of the Old City to Christianity's most sacred site, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, just 50 metres from the German church. It's been a destination for pilgrims since the 4th century. Traditions say this is where Jesus was crucified and buried, and where he rose from the dead. Six denominations, the Greek Orthodox, Armenian Apostolic, Roman Catholic, Ethiopian Orthodox, Syriac Orthodox, and Coptic churches share the care of the Basilica. The Lutherans have no say. It was built more than a thousand years before Luther. You might call us latecomers. The tradition goes back to the first Christian centuries. There weren't any Protestants until the late Middle Ages. 
And we've only been in Jerusalem since the 19th century. Latecomers they might be, but Protestants have made their mark all over the Holy Land. In Tel Aviv, for instance, it's a curious fact that Lutheran Christians from southern Germany were among the founders of this bustling metropolis. 150 years ago, few wanted to live here apart from foreign missionaries. Tel Aviv was a sandy wasteland. Today, the settlement built by missionaries from the pietist Lutheran sect known as the Templars is overshadowed by towering skyscrapers. The preservation of the old buildings is almost entirely thanks to one man, Shay Fakash. His love of the historical relics led the manufacture of painting tools to become a conservator. He explains that Tel Aviv is deeply indebted to the German missionaries. Everything started here when the Templars arrived to uh, this uh, place that Tel Aviv was not established yet. There was nothing here, it was a desert. And they uh, built a very uh, nice and very, uh, let's say, uh, uh, pleasant colony with agriculture. One day, around 15 years ago, Shea Cash took a look inside one of the dilapidated buildings and discovered, to his astonishment, beautiful old wall paintings. Together with a group of fellow enthusiasts, he persuaded the Tel Aviv authorities to grant building permission only to people prepared to conserve these old buildings. Shea Fakash turned his factory over to his sisters and began to study art conservation. The German missionaries set out in 1871 to establish Christian communities in the Holy Land. A jeans designer now uses the blacksmith's house. Mark Twain is said to have stayed here when this building was a guest house. Today, it houses a restaurant. The former wine cellars are now a trendy bar. The wine on the menu no longer comes from here in Sorona, which is now an upmarket district. A small museum pays tribute to the German pioneers, but it also reveals their darker side. In the 1930s, one in three of the residents was a member of the Nazi party. Shay Fakash is the son of a Romanian brushmaker. Members of his family were murdered during the Holocaust, but he doesn't blame the German missionaries. The period of the Nazi time in Sarona or in Israel was very short, uh, and, and the hundred years before were very, uh, uh, let's say, productive. And the uh, uh, contribution of the Templars to the land of Israel was so much that uh, three or four years of Nazi time is, is uh, almost nothing. After the Second World War, the last residents of Sorona were expelled from the country. The Israeli military and Secret Service took over some of the buildings. Others were used by the first Israeli government. When Tel Aviv was officially established in 1909, the German missionaries had already been there for almost 40 years. Back to Jerusalem. Here in the old city is the Lutheran guest house. central location, the friendly atmosphere and the lovely garden attract many visitors.
we accompany the provost to Beit Jala. Wolfgang Schmidt wants to show us the first Lutheran school in the country. It lies on the outskirts of Bethlehem, and this road would take us there directly, if it were not for this wall. To the Israeli government, the West Bank barrier is a security barrier against terrorism. Palestinians call it an apartheid wall. West Bank residents have to pass a checkpoint whenever they want to go to work or to shop in Jerusalem. The procedure sometimes takes hours. The wall was built in response to the Second Intifada, an uprising against Israeli occupation of the Palestinian territories, in which a thousand Israelis and 3,000 Palestinians were killed. Israel says the barrier has virtually eliminated terrorist attacks, but it remains controversial. It makes me really angry to see how this beautiful landscape has been divided. All you see here is the wall. The Evangelical Lutheran School is in the West Bank, the heartland of the Palestinian territories. Its name, Talitha Kumi, comes from the Gospel of St. Mark and means, girl, stand up. It was founded as a girls' school by Lutheran deaconesses from Germany in 1851. Today, it's a co-educational institution. The school has an excellent reputation. Among its notable alumni is the head of the Palestinian mission in Berlin. Wolfgang Schmidt is a member of the school board and likes to keep an eye on things. The principal has some good news. All the seniors have passed their final exams. They have a German school leaving certificate and can study in Germany. 95% of them want to. Really? Wow! We've conducted a survey and nearly all of them want to study in Germany. I just hope they come back. That's always my great hope, that they don't just end up staying in Germany. I have to go teach a class. See you in a bit. In addition to being principal, Matthias Wolf is also an English teacher. The school has around 850 students. So, uh, you know, Ibrahim is new today. Ibrahim, welcome to 9D. Great to have you here. Uh, just tell us a few things. Where, where do you come from? I come from Berlin. Uh, I've lived there uh, 12 years. Now I've been here in Palestine since two years, living in Nablus. Great. So. The Muslim boy from Berlin is not yet certain whether this school is the right one for him. His family decided to return from Germany to the Palestinian territories. Most of his classmates want to go in the opposite direction. We study in German. That's why I come to this school, to learn German, so I can travel to Germany, because I want to become a doctor. 40% of the students are Christians. Most of the rest are Muslims. It's a school where we really learn together, Christians and Muslims. Together we all strive toward the same goal, education. And that's what's special in this Middle Eastern context. We offer education for everyone. 
Ibrahim has to tell his father what he thinks of the school. His father will then make arrangements with the provost. Tell me, how was your day? It was pretty good. So, would you like to go to the school? They talk to each other more in Arabic than in German. That doesn't help me with my German pronunciation. Wolfgang Schmidt mediates between father and son. He advises them to sleep on it. The school is built on 10 hectares of problematic soil. Part of the grounds are Israeli territory. The Palestinian Authority administers the rest. Behind the wall, the Palestinian area is densely populated. And up on the hill, the Jewish settlement Efrat is being built on Israeli-occupied territory. Wolfgang Schmidt has a fund of stories about this divided country. The restaurant over there has been demolished three times because it was built without planning permission. And now it has a tent roof. So strictly speaking, it's not a building. The continuous tension is sometimes hard to bear. Over time, one succumbs to resignation and hopelessness because one doesn't see any improvement in the situation. That's been my experience over the past seven years. Where is the source of hope? Are you pleased to be leaving? There are situations that I'll be glad to leave behind. On the Mount of Olives in East Jerusalem stands the Augusta Victoria Hospital. It's named after the wife of Kaiser Wilhelm II, who founded the hospital more than 100 years ago. Today, it's administered by the Lutheran World Federation. Wolfgang Schmidt is on the hospital board. It's the only medical facility in the Palestinian territories that has an apparatus to provide radiation therapy for cancer patients. Israel has blocked the use of such nuclear medicine technology in Gaza and the West Bank, citing security concerns. The provost is on his way to a board meeting. Walid Namur is the hospital director. After studying in France, the United Kingdom and the US, he returned to East Jerusalem. Officially, he's stateless, but his family has lived in Jerusalem for generations. It is not easy for Palestinians to develop advanced services of the type that we are services and that we are providing at the tertiary level. It needs lots of time, lots of investment. And, you know, for the longest time up till now, Palestinians are under occupation. So the development of health services in Palestine, like anything else, is not at all an easy task. Kadra Shalami's job is also not easy. She's a paediatrician and cancer specialist. Her work is made harder by the fact that her young patients are often separated from their families for weeks at a time. She has to discuss the children's cases with their parents by telephone. Ezidin is eight years old. He has lymphoma. For weeks, the doctor was regularly at his bedside because his mother wasn't allowed to visit him. His family lives in Gaza, which Palestinians may only leave with special permission. We uh, asked actually uh, for uh, uh, permission and we wrote a medical report regarding his uh, psychological situation 
uh, because he's aware of the disease, he's aware of being away from his uh, family and from his uh, brothers and sisters. So um, this affects actually his uh, uh, treatment during stay in the hospital. So we write uh, medical reports to explain how it's very difficult for him to stay for a whole month away from his mother. So they allow for a mother to come next time uh, uh, with him. And how long does this take? Around one month. One month, yeah. The little boy in the next room is more fortunate, at least in one respect. Murat has his grandmother with him. She is old and ill, which is why she was allowed to accompany him. The two of them have been here for two months. The two-year-old child has a kidney tumour. The prognosis is uncertain. On returning to Jerusalem, Wolfgang Schmidt draws comfort from his home situation. Without the support of his wife, he says, he wouldn't be able to endure all the suffering he sees. Annette Flanschmidt has made great sacrifices for her marriage. She holds degrees in theology and remedial education, but can't get a work permit in Israel, so she's reduced to being her husband's helpmate. Have you copy-edited the parish newsletter? Yes, I just have to give it a final read-through. They're a good team, and she has no regrets. One of my predecessors told me when we were preparing to come here that Jerusalem was worth it. And I must say, I see it the same way. I wouldn't have followed Wolfgang to some other places quite so readily, but Jerusalem is worth it. I can't imagine not having somebody with whom I can constantly and regularly share what I experience here, the things that challenge me, and my thoughts about the situations that raise doubts in me. Although the cloister is currently under repair, it's one of Annette Flanschmidt's favorite spots. This inner courtyard is a peaceful oasis in the center of the bustling old city, and it's open to the public. The provost's wife is always available to visitors and church workers. I'm glad you've come again. And so am I. In spite of the renovations, I'm sorry about that. My wife also wants to come. That's amazing because she never wanted to. But I raved about it as the most beautiful spot in the world. And now you're renovating. Yes, we are. Three years ago, Annette Flanschmidt had the idea of opening a cafe in the cloister. She runs it with the help of volunteers. In a room above the cafe, a young theology student is studying a psalm. Anna Tunga is spending a year in Israel. The program, Study in Israel, is financed by donations and the German Lutheran Church.
The first six months were difficult for the young woman from Saxony in eastern Germany. The Middle Eastern culture is a far cry from what she's used to. I can retreat here when I need some peace and quiet. After I've been out in the city and feel overwhelmed by so many impressions. When I need a break, I can come here and drink a cup of coffee and enjoy the peace in the midst of the hustle and bustle. Anna Tunga walks almost everywhere. There's no other way of getting around in the old city. She sometimes feels overwhelmed by the crowds, but the young theology student enjoys the spiritual patchwork that is Jerusalem. She shows us another of her favorite spots. The Abbey of the Dormition is a Catholic monastery. Usually the Benedictine monks chant midday prayer at this hour, but today is an exception. The Catholics have some visitors. It's a group of Syriac Orthodox Christians from Augsburg in southern Germany. Not a problem in this ancient city with its amazing variety of faiths. But Anna Tunga spends most of her time here at Jerusalem's Hebrew University. The Lutheran World Foundation pays her student fees of 10,000 euros. The woman at Anna Tunga's side is Melanie Mordhorst Meyer. She's part of Wolfgang Schmidt's team and runs the study program. She also attends the course because she's one of the tutors. It's a lecture on the Talmud, the definitive rabbinic commentary on the Hebrew Bible. The lecture is given in modern Hebrew, which presents something of a challenge to the student from Germany. <laughs> Melanie Mordhorst Meyer participated in the program herself in 2002 during the Second Intifada. She recalls her last day. I wanted to go to the university to collect my certificate, and there was also a farewell meal planned in the students' canteen. That was our plan. We collected our certificates and were on our way to the canteen when something happened that delayed us. Then we heard the news there had been an attack on the campus in the heart of the Hebrew University, in the canteen, where we intended to have our farewell lunch. I couldn't believe it had happened here at the university because the uni was considered one of the places where the most diverse people came together. Jewish Israelis, as well as Muslim Palestinians and foreigners like us Christians. All religions and nations are represented here at the uni. It didn't change her love of the country. Melanie Mordhorst Meyer returned and has stayed on. Wolfgang Schmidt, on the other hand, is leaving Jerusalem. He calls on the Provost's official tailor to say goodbye. Sabah al khair. How are you? 
Very good, very good. A greeting is about the limit of Wolfgang Schmidt's Arabic. He's had some language lessons, but on the streets of Jerusalem he doesn't get very far with what he learned. The people here are friendly regardless. I will miss you. We have a nice time more than seven years. Yes, seven, exactly. It's a warm friendship. That's right. Really. We will see soon. Soon. Hopefully, inshallah. Okay. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. On the Feast of the Ascension, the Lutheran Parish organizes an international church service on the Mount of Olives. German, English and Arabic-speaking Christians celebrate together. It is from here that Jesus is believed to have ascended to heaven. When we read the Bible in Germany, it seems very abstract and far away. But here it's linked to a specific geography. On the one hand, that's fascinating. On the other hand, I would say, especially in the Lutheran tradition, our faith doesn't depend on these places specifically, but it's good that we have them as places of remembrance. Everybody is invited to the meal at the conclusion of the church service. The provost is among them. Most of the people here are foreigners, like the student Anna Tunga. The German Lutheran parish offers them a home away from home. The end of the summer marks the end of Wolfgang Schmidt's sojourn in Jerusalem. He isn't sad. I've often described my life here as being constantly plugged into an electrical outlet constantly under tension. On the one hand, that's very invigorating, but over time, it's also exhausting. For him, that's the nature of life in the Holy Land. <laughs>